Hey everyone, before I begin, I wanna talk to you about our sponsor, Herbal Face Food. I've been talking about Herbal Face Food because I see such amazing results with my sunspots, with my puffiness, because it reduces the inflammation, like my puffy eyes when I wake up in the morning, or even like my double chin. I always feel like, I wish I had a better jawline, and I feel like it's coming back, my sunspots, from laying out day after day after day as a child has caught up with me. I have sunspots galore, and Herbal Face Food has helped so much with reducing my wrinkles, Cutting down on my puffiness in my face, I can't really describe it other than just there's this, the puff is gone because it's not plant-based, it's made out of pure plants. And so it helps so much with fine lines, wrinkles, melasma. I have psoriasis, I have dermatitis, like my skin is a mess. I know it's from stress and it's such a relief to have something that doesn't show all the stress on my face. So go to the link in the email or go to herbalfacefood.com and make sure you use the coupon code HARMONY20 at checkout to support the show. Now on to the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 221, Playing Favorites. Welcome to the Harmony in the Home podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Hutchison. I'm a counselor, a life coach, and most importantly, an imperfect mom doing this work right along with you. And my goal on our podcast is to go from chaos to calm, feel less frazzled and have more fun within your four walls to have more harmony in your home. Hey everyone, so we're talking about playing favorites and You've probably seen this if you've ever been on a sports team where the coach plays favorites, or if you're the favorite, or if you're the least favorite, or if you've ever been a coach and you've had favorites and you try to hide your favoritism, or you've seen it with teachers, or you've seen it at work with your bosses, or you've been the boss and trying to give equal treatment to all the people. So you can see that in the workforce, you can see that on the sports fields, and how much do we see it in the home? Now, you might be playing favorites without knowing it with your own kids, or what I deal with a lot is working with clients, working with moms, working with dads on both ends of the spectrum, where they were the favorite growing up and still are, or most of the time they see an unbalanced treatment of their siblings. And that feels very unfair, very insecure, very baffling, very confusing. And I wanna explain why this happens, especially into adulthood. Because it can feel very isolating and very lonely and like something is wrong with you. And I've seen both ends of the spectrum. And I've seen it when they were little and I've also seen it when they're grown up. And the reason why your parents may favor someone else or show favoritism with their time, with their money, with the way they interact, with maybe they babysit more. As grandparents, they're favoring the grandchildren. And it stings a lot to have that constant reminders. And then you worry that your kids see it and your kids are like, wait a minute, why does grandma and grandpa treat that grandchild different than they're treating us? Why are they always spending all that time with that person or that family or that child? Or why'd they buy them a car? Or why'd they buy them a house? Or why are they, help, why are they helping them pay rent? Why are they paying for their dinner and not mine? And so on and so forth. Why are they giving them money on the side? 
And you've probably heard the saying, or maybe it's just an American thing, but it's the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I've said that term so many times, so wrong. I've said the squeaky wheel gets the oil. The oil gets the squeaky wheel. I always mix it up. So I had to Google it. It's the saying of squeaky wheel gets the grease. What does it mean? And Google says it's someone who complains or causes problems is more likely to receive attention or help than someone who stays quiet and does not cause problems. Now we can see it when we're at the restaurant. We complain about our food not being hot or not tasting right. Sometimes... They're referred to as being a Karen. I don't know what the male version of a Karen is. But I also do feel sorry for people that are named Karen because I don't even know why that became a term. But I don't think it's fair to all the Karens out there. And we all have a little Karen in us. I know I can be a little whiny Whitney sometimes at restaurants or at stores. I try to be nice about it or with customer service. So I want to let you in on a little secret. The reason why there's a disproportionate amount of love, attention, time, always trying to fix the sibling is because they need, they are working from an unconscious place. They need your sibling. Let's just say it's your sibling that's getting the favorable treatment and you're getting chopped liver, crumbs of their love, crumbs of their time, crumbs of their money. And most people who see this unbalanced effort don't even want money, time, or extra love given to them. They just want it to be equal. If they're buying cars for the grandkids for one child, why aren't they doing it for all the grandkids? And that's just a grand example. But it could be taking them out to dinner. It could be babysitting. I see that a lot. Why are they babysitting those children more than my children? Why are they helping out so much over there? The reason why, and this is not a knock on your sibling, but unconsciously your parents need you and your siblings to be successful in life so they can feel like good parents. And so if they go and fix and mold and try to put a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound with money, with time, with love, with attention, with caring for the kids, they are going to feel like a better parent because they think unconsciously that it will help your sibling succeed. It will help your sibling to take it to the next level. But what we've learned on this podcast is that you cannot fix money problems with money. You cannot fix time problems with more time. You cannot fix dysfunction with a set of tools. It has to come from within and it's an inside job. Most people who listen to this podcast are doing the work or if not all are doing the work. Most likely your siblings are not listening to this podcast and that's okay because they're working from their own unconscious pain. And so when we see that for what it is, it's almost like a compliment to yourself that in their eyes, you are quote unquote successful. We also talk about on this podcast all the time, what does it mean to be successful? That is a very private answer. And most likely you can see what your parents view as successful by looking at how they are treating the struggling sibling. Are they doing it with more time? Are they doing it with more money? Are they doing it with by caring for the kids? So then that can give you the hint like, oh, they're donating a lot of money. They're buying them cars. They're buying them diapers. They're buying them formula. They're buying them X, Y, Z. And they haven't given me one penny. They must value and think success means money. So you can kind of see in between the lines of what they think is successful. Now, this doesn't mean if your house gets hit by a tornado that you don't help out a family member. But what I'm talking about is in the day-to-day -day stuff that really grinds your gears. 
and I see it day in and day out. And I've, I've helped the one who is the favorite and I've helped the one who isn't the favorite. And on both sides of the spectrum, there's an incredible amount of pressure and shame and guilt. The favorite one feels a lot of pressure, a lot of shame and a lot of guilt because they know that mom and dad are bending over backwards and they feel like they almost need to keep that title. So they have to be perfect if they're insightful. If they're more on the narcissism spectrum, then that's probably not going to happen to have that insight. The one who's not the favorite, they think that there's something wrong with them or their spouse or their kids. And if they were just more lovable or more X, Y, Z, then they would get what they're looking for. And a lot of times the favorite child is sometimes the same gender as the parent who is favoring said child. If you look at your parents, there might be one that's leading the charge a little bit more and the other one just kind of follows along with whatever mom or dad says. A lot of times when you're opposite of your parents, they can't relate as much. And so they just kind of don't do the inner work to relate with you. And they just go unconsciously and relate with people who are like them because that feels familiar. So all that to say, not to take any of it personal because it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them trying to feel like a good parent. So they're parenting from this fear-based place and they're throwing money, time, and love, and attention, and energy, and toxicity onto an already stressful, tense situation because they're trying to feel better. They're trying to feel like a good parent. And I know you're sitting on the sidelines just going, are you serious? You're really going to do that again and again and again and again. And you can see their unconsciousness and you can see how they're doing the same thing, expecting different results, which is actually what the brain does because it wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain and be efficient. So when they, they are hurting that one of their kids are hurting, so they think that they can fix it with all of these external things. And it's good self-awareness to have, to see and to feel whatever side of the favoritism coin that you're on. So then you can make sure that you don't do it with your own kids. Because if you have a child who's just like you, they're not going to trigger you as much. But the one who is not like you will push on your ego more and they'll feel that separation. They'll feel that difference. When we see an unbalanced dose of love, time and attention given out, most of the time, we don't make it about the other person. We make it about ourselves and something being wrong with us. So we don't want our kids to do that because they're so little. Of course, they're going to internalize it. When mom and dad get a divorce, they think the divorce is because they didn't get straight A's or because they weren't behaving or because they didn't sleep through the night. Kids are very egocentric. They're very self-centered. They're supposed to be. Doesn't mean something's gone wrong. It's part of the human experience. It's part of the growing up experience. So they're going to make it all about them if they see a disproportionate amount of time, love, attention, compliments. You're always yelling at me. You're never yelling at them. Energy. They pick up on all of that. They know when they're in a class if their teacher likes them or doesn't like them. They know if they're in a home if their parents like them or don't like them. When a child feels like their parents don't like them, they don't stop liking the parent. They stop liking themselves because they think there's something inherently wrong with them at their core. And so they act out more unlikable and it's this vicious cycle and we can help them get off of that because we know how it feels to be a favorite or to be the least favorite or just kind of run of the mill in the middle, whether it was in your home, whether if you're in a fraternity or sorority, any type of group setting at work, on a team, on Facebook, if you've ever been to a 
seen on Facebook a party or a brunch or barbecue or birthday party and all of your closest friends are there and you're not, that feeling, you all know, we all know how that feels. We've been on both sides of the spectrum. Or we might have been the one that posted that picture and not realize that Susie Q from the office feels left out and lonely. So when we give this freedom to other people to act in the way they want to act, it gives ourselves the insight and freedom to realize to be on both sides of the coin, know how it feels, and make sure we're not passing it on to our kids. And when they feel like it's equal, there's less sibling rivalry because they don't feel like they have to get the upper hand. It can be different, but across the board, it's equal. And that creates less tension, less anxiety, less stress, more secure children, and of course, the end goal, more harmony in the home. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.